Welcome to SJL Daily. I'm Pastor Steve Kelly, and our Bible reading plan today includes the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 19, verses 1 through 15. Even though all four Gospels cover basically the same material, the life and death of Jesus, each of them looks at things from a unique perspective. Matthew's Gospel was written by a man who had betrayed his own people by becoming a tax collector for the Romans. He would have had to have been a detail-oriented man who was capable of learning the legal ins and outs of a foreign tax system. But he was also probably raised by Jewish parents who taught him all the laws of the Torah. He would have been hated by his fellow Jews for choosing to be a tax collector. But now he has answered the call of this traveling rabbi, Jesus. And in these few chapters of his gospel, chapters 16 through 20 mainly, Jesus seems to be under almost constant attack by the religious leaders of the day, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. They keep trying to trip Jesus up by using detail-oriented legal questions. (laughs) Right up Matthew's alley. So not surprisingly, Matthew records it all even when it came to a painful subject that hit very close to home for many who were listening back then, divorce. A subject that even today, well, perhaps especially today, still impacts a lot of people and elicits a lot of detailed questions. Is divorce allowed, and if so, when? What are the effects of divorce when it does happen? Well, is it better to not marry at all? As Jesus is challenged by the Pharisees about divorce here, he quickly goes right to the heart of the matter. Listen to verses 4 through 6. Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female, and said, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? So they are no longer two but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. Jesus goes on to point out that Moses eventually allowed a man to divorce his wife, not because it was the right thing to do, but because of the hardness of people's hearts. And even today, that statement from our Lord makes a lot of people uncomfortable, doesn't it? In this chapter, Jesus makes it clear that divorce is never the right solution. And that what causes people to think that they need a divorce is almost always some hardness of their heart, or their spouse's heart, or often both. Our God wants us to be fruitful and to multiply. That command has never been retracted. So God expects that the vast majority of us, clearly not all of us, but the vast majority of us, will marry and have children. As we marry, we each need to recognize the fact that the exciting, passionate, erotic love that we feel for each other in our youth cannot last forever. But that kind of love, while very real and obvious in our youth, is nowhere near a full definition of love. 
through both our Christian bonds with one another and through recognizing that we became one flesh on the day we got married, our marital love for one another can not only last a lifetime, it can grow stronger and more vibrant every year. Believe me, I speak as a man in his mid-60s who has been married for 44 years. And I will openly tell anyone that I am just as much in love with my wife today as I was 44 years ago when we first got married. Now, is it the same kind of love as it was when we were both in our 20s? Not really. But I would argue it is an even deeper and stronger love. Look, the fact is that we all must constantly be on our guard against one of Satan's most common attacks. The attack that familiarity breeds contempt. It's so easy for each of us to take little comments or silly habits and blow them out of proportion. We do it with the people we work with. We do it with the people we go to church with. And we do it with the people we come home to every day. But heaven isn't just a place where we will be with God for all eternity. It's a place where we will be with God and all his people for all eternity. So we need to learn here and now not to let those little comments or silly habits define those people whom God has allowed us to walk through life with, especially when we have committed before God to hold that person fast to ourselves and to become one flesh with them. Let's pray. Oh, gracious and ever-living God, you created us male and female in your image. Look mercifully upon those of us who are married and assist us with your grace, that with true fidelity and steadfast love, we may honor and keep the promises and vows we have made. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.